Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by author, coach, podcast host, and father, Mark Bradford. Mark has done things like written four productivity books. He's created a dating site from scratch. He's even written fiction. So we're going to be talking to him about everything that he's up to. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep this under four hours. Let's see. So, so as you said, I, I do coaching. I do speaking. I have a podcast every Sunday. Uh, my coaching is basically about three things, time, energy, and resources, which is what I believe life is made of. And then I just sort of go from there. I got into writing books not too long ago. I wrote the four productivity books. And then one day, after taking a walk in a cemetery, some very interesting things happened that caused me to write an epic duet, which is a two-book hero's journey. All right. Well, what got you started in writing and what made you want to create a dating website? I know you're a web developer as well, but what fueled your passion to write and create the dating site? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I mean, that's that was what I was searching for. There was a time at which I thought, you know what, Mark, just grow up and pick something because I was all over the map, it seemed. But I realized that I had two core skills, which were to look at things from an angle or a perspective that most people didn't, and then to build, augment, explain, disseminate, teach, describe, that sort of thing. And so with that perspective, everything seemed to make sense. So I'll address the dating site first. So I ended up being divorced and raising my kids by myself. So full-time dad, but also trying to juggle having a tiny business to keep things running. And that is really when I realized how important balance was. And that started the whole coaching thing. But because I was out into the dating field, out in the cold, I I went on all the dating sites and using this sort of two-pronged attack, I realized they're all wrong. They're all backwards. And most of the dating sites are owned by the same company. The Match Group owns Match, Chemistry, Plenty of Fish, Tinder, Black People Meet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I found that to be highly suspicious. So I went through and figured out what made meeting in real life so much better than dating and the dating sites. And the only thing that made dating sites better is that supposedly you could get all these people in one place that were wanting to date. So I ended up creating this dating site from scratch. The problem is it would never reach what I call critical mass because not enough people are on it because not enough people are on it. It's kind of like if someone said, hey, there's something that's pretty much like Facebook, but it's like Facebook too. Well, no one would be on it. They'd be like, well, your aunt is on Facebook. Why do I want to get on this new Facebook? So that was part of my problem. I could get enough people on it, but not enough people who lived near each other. Because if you're in Kansas and you find what you think is someone who's really awesome in Florida, that's going to be a problem. So that's where the dating site come from. Well, when did you realize that you had a different perspective than everyone else or that you had like a special perspective? 
Well, it's very kind of you to, to sort of describe it like that. Uh, I guess a while ago, I guess probably when I was even in my teens, but it's sort of like if somebody has, and I might be saying this wrong, synesthesia. Are you aware of what that is? I am not. Okay. So, yeah. So it's, it's an interesting thing. So when people, when we are young, when we're babies and toddlers and things, most of our senses are sort of intermingled. And then they slowly but surely start to separate. And we separate the difference between taste and smell and hearing and sight. But some people don't. And they never really notice it. It just doesn't come up. I mean, you can literally make it to college and say, oh, I like that chili because there's a lot of reds and yellows. And they're like, well, it's not red and yellow. Well, no, the, the reds and yellows I see when I eat it. What? Or, or wow, I really liked that music piece because there were a lot of pointy cones. And they think that you're crazy. So those people still have the senses connected. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's a, really a beautiful thing because, you know, you can see music and you can, you know, taste other things that you shouldn't be able to. And I think with me and not, not trying to grandiose, you know, the, the thing that I do, but I felt with me, I was just seeing things from a perspective because I just allowed my brain to do that. And probably from a fairly early age, I was doing that. But you know, I mean, I mean, a lot of people do this and, you know, they're, they're, they're nerds or geeks or they focus too much on something. So people tend to, to kind of brush them aside. But for me, it turned into sort of a way to be creative and logical at the same time. So tell us about the unique challenges that you face as a man raising two kids by yourself. So that's, yes, yes, sir. Uh, so I'm an empty nester now. So they're, 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 I have a son in, in Germany and my daughter just graduated college. So, but as a man, it was very interesting because it's sort of like you're the wrong gender, or at least it was at the time. This was a few years ago where the expectation wasn't that you were the primary caregiver. And it tell the story of being chased out of like a dressing area when my poor daughter was trying to do like prom dresses and things. And here all she has is her dad to count on. And I remember I was at a, chain store and she was looking at dresses and she's like, I don't want to keep coming out. Can you just come where the dressing rooms are? Just come down the corridor. And, and the woman that worked there actually took me aside. And she said, you, you can't be over there. You're making all the other women uncomfortable. Well, I was torn between making my daughter happy and, and feeling horrible. And so I sat down and the, all these other women <laughs> was one. And she walked over to me and she tapped me on my leg. She said, my, my boyfriend raised his daughter since she was like four years old. By himself, you weren't making me uncomfortable. And so I thought I was like kind of vindicated, but it's just, it was at least at the time. Now things are so, there's so many lines that are blurred. It's different, but at the time it was, it was, it was sort of a unique challenge, I'd say. Oh, well, I definitely respect you for that. And congratulations on your daughter graduating from college. Talk about you, you have a saying that everybody has a dashboard and gauges. Tell us what that means. Sure. So that so when I was in my mode of writing nonfiction, I sort of saw that there was really one thing that connected everyone, whether it's you and your kids or your wife, your clients, your podcast guests, your boss, your parents. It's one thing, and that's status. And when I say status, you probably, the thing that comes to mind is, oh, you mean someone who's important? Oh, I'm the mayor, blah, blah, blah. That's a part of it. 
But the other status is kind of like if I tell you to get in your car, you're going to look at your dashboard, right? And you have gauges on that. And the biggest gauge is the most important. And they get smaller and smaller. The people who designed the dashboard didn't design the small gauges as the important ones. They designed the big ones. Now, of course, everyone has digital get dashboards and things, but your speed is the biggest because that's going to kill you. And then you go smaller and smaller down to like your oil pressure and so forth. So I was envisioning we have this dashboard as well. The thing that that thing that attracts you to, let's say, your mate, your wife, your husband, etc., is that they register on your your most important gauges because you may you may be you know if you're a woman you may be attracted to height might be important because it makes you feel safe you may want to feel secure so someone who seems financially secure is very attractive to you um, you may have had things happen in your past that kindness is of the utmost importance to you or you just may have a mixture of these things and our brains are just absolutely amazing we can sweep a room and decide whether someone seems like we'd be attracted to them. And then we go walk over there with our dashboard and go, okay, is this person tall and attractive, but they're they're kind of mean, or this person isn't financially sound, or this person doesn't take good care of themselves and so forth, or this person wouldn't be a good dad. So I envision it that way. And that's kind of the way I describe it in the books. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, that big old status game. Yeah. So t- yeah. T- Tell us about your uh, productivity books and kind of give a description of what listeners would find when they read the books as well as your, I sure would like to know about that interesting thing, if you don't mind, that happened to make you write the fiction book. (laughs) Well, of course I can, I can, I'd be happy to. So, so I already described two of the uh, nonfiction, which is the status game, the status game two, and I've already completed the status game three, which I guess you're sort of hearing about for the first time that will be out sometime this year, but I have another productivity book coming out even before then. But the other book was something called, it was called Alchemy for Life Formulas for Success. And basically it was a way to sort of like hire a coach in the form of a book so that you could get, you could buy the book and just spend a few dollars instead of what it costs, you know, normally hire a coach and kind of go through things about productivity and time management from a more fun perspective. I wrote another book, which I don't know if this would be considered productivity, but it was about spirituality, religion, or lack thereof. So it was sort of a, almost a tongue-in-cheek sort of examination of, of that sort of thing. And then I guess to answer your next question, the interesting thing, after writing those four, I, I couldn't help but keep writing, but I kept being told that I needed to continue marketing the books and so forth. But telling someone who enjoys being an author to stop being an author is kind of kind of difficult. So I took a walk in a cemetery near my house, and I often joke it's a park with dead people, but it is actually really nice. And I had this unusually clear mind, and I was walking, and then I heard voices. And when I say I heard voices, I don't mean the dead speaking to me. I mean... I heard a conversation in the way that you might play a conversation back that you heard with your wife while you're in the shower, or a conversation that you saw in a movie you might play back. So it was kind of like that, but it was a conversation I had never heard. And it was a really interesting conversation between two people. And I thought, wow, what a great like end of a movie this would be. And then I was almost sad because I thought, well, I'm never going to see a movie like this. And then I had the fleeting thought of, well, then I have to write this movie. And then... I started to like think about a poem. So I ran home, sat down, and in five minutes wrote a poem. And it was like a medieval poem. It was very sing-songy. And I looked at it and I went, oh, okay, 
this is an outline to a book. I guess I'm writing a book now. And so I sat down and I wrote the book that is now The Sword and the Sunflower. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. So tell us about your podcast. So the podcast is, like I said, it's based on what I like to call alchemy for life. I believe that, like, if you can imagine you wake up in the morning and you're holding this little flask, and I have those all over my office, and I, I love, like, how a little flask looks. And imagine it's got some liquid swirling around in it. This is your time energy and resources for the day, right? So we spill a little bit out here, we spill a little bit out for our kids, for our job, for our hobbies, for our spouse. If we're dating, we spill a whole bunch out. And sometimes it gets to be seven o'clock and you're like, wait, it's empty. <laughs> and so the podcast is about how to cleverly sort of cheat and have more time, energy and resources for yourself. I mean, there's these, there are these things we can do in life that literally feel like cheating because we get stuff for free like making the right decision about when to do a certain thing or synchronizing two things at the same time and going, oh, okay, this works. And so my podcast breaks down into two elements. It's either me talking for 10 minutes because I, f I figure that people are busy and just like you were so respectful of my time when we first started, I like to be respectful as well and say, you know, if I can't say it in 10 minutes, I got to get better at saying it. Or if I'm interviewing someone, I usually let that go to about an hour, depending on how much the person wants to talk. So that's what the podcast is about. It's typically on a Sunday, although I've been changing the day around a little bit just to see if people like it more. And um, it's been that way. I think I'm getting close to my 200th episode. So that's my Alchemy for Life podcast. So tell us about what you mean when you say dual brain. Hmm, That's a good one. So... What I think, and I'm probably going to discover that about you, because it seems like every time I connect with someone, they have this. So, you know, we always talk about left and right brain, right? There's, there's one side of the brain is the creativity side that's a bit chaotic. And then there's the other side that's all about numbers and logic and spreadsheets and logistics and planning. So typically, people definitely favor more than the other. I mean, you meet an artist, you know, they're, they do great artwork, they do stuff, but they, they don't have a clue on how to market it or finance anything. Or you meet someone who's like a finance person or what have you, and they're all about the numbers and things lining up, but they don't do a lot in the creative realm. So a long time ago, somebody, actually someone I was dating, told me that I had two brains. And I was like, well, no, I don't have two brains. She's like, no, you have yeah, the creative and the and the logic part, and they're always going at the same time. And I thought, yeah, they are. So I really enjoy doing logical things. So building structures, writing books, but I also like being creative at the same time. I like making both sides of my brain happy so they don't get mad at me. So that's what I consider dual-brained. And, and I've met a lot of people, and I seem to be attracted to a lot of people who are the same way. Well, I'll give you a little secret about me. My <laughs> right brain is not as good as my left brain, so I am definitely not dual brain because I'm not that good at math. Okay. <laughs> so you got your got a couple of books coming out before the end of the year. What else are you working on that's upcoming that people need to know about, if anything? Well, I would I would definitely direct them right now, especially with Father's Day coming up, and I have no idea when this actually ends up airing, but. I would, I would, I keep directing people back to the sword and the sunflower because it, it was just such a, it was such a labor of love. I just loved it so much. And I ended up after writing that one, I looked at the poem and I was only halfway done. So I ended up writing a mirror, which is the sequel. And then after that was done, because it's set a thousand years in the future, I wanted to do a favor to the, to the, uh, the, the 
the readers because they had a lot of stuff that they were interested in. And I wrote something called Upside Down, which is actually the prequel to those. And there's been a lot of buzz on it lately. I've been getting a lot of really encouraging and, and interesting reviews on Instagram from people on that. Um, so I'd probably direct people to my my main hub site, which is just basically markbradford.org. And people can see the books there. They can see, you know, they can see it or they can go to Amazon and they can see all my books. I have it as a Kindle, as a paperback, a hardcover, which I think is absolutely gorgeous. And then I also recorded the audiobook for it, which I don't know if I ever want to do again. It was so much work. So that is, that's probably where I would direct people when it comes to, to, to having some enjoyable fiction. I would guess I would direct them to, you know, Alchemy for Life if they're interested in the whole coaching concept and more time, energy, and resources and so forth. Uh, I guess that's it. I mean, other than I recently gained my UAV pilot's license. So now I've been doing some aerial photography, which is just, it's so beautiful and calming, but it's so nerve wracking to put that thing up in the air. So I know this sounds like I'm all over the map and I am, I apologize, but I guess that's my long winded answer. No, you're good. So, so you actually have to have a pilot's license to be able to fly those things now? Yeah. So you can, you can, if you fly it for a hobby, you don't have to, but here's the funny thing. Let's say you have a drone and you want to fly it up and look at your gutters because you're not sure if they're clogged. You can't because that's considered not fun. So you're not supposed to do that. So there's so many rules involved with air space and everything else. Even as a hobbyist, you still have to use all the, all, all, respect the airspace and it's treated as an aircraft. So if you shoot down a drone, it's like you've literally shot down an aircraft. So it's serious business. And it was so serious and it was so stressful that I thought, I just have to get this license so that I do this right. So yes. Unbelievable. I know. So throw out your social media links. I know you talked about Instagram. So are they all on the website or do you want to give them out here? Yeah, they're all on the website, but but sure, like I'm I'm author Mark Bradford on Instagram, which is where I spend most of my time because it's such a visual medium. I, I do book trailers and 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 try to do pretty things and motivational things on there. If you know that and you go to markbradford.org, then pretty much you can find all the stuff I have my hands in. Okay. Well, close us out with some final thoughts, maybe some stuff that uh, we didn't talk about that you would like to touch on and just any final thoughts that you have for the listeners. Well, I'm, first of all, I'm very grateful that you're having me on. I mean, it means a lot to me that you took your time and that, and your energy to sort of spend time with me now. I mean, if you've ever read the five love languages, one of mine is quality time. And so I really appreciate if someone actually takes the time out to do that. So thank you. First of all, I, I want to take this time to thank you. I want to take the time to thank the people who are listening, who are who are listening to your show, and that if they do like what they hear on your show, whether I'm on it or not, they really should take the time then to rate your show. They should definitely, it, it takes a few seconds to give you the stars you deserve and a little blurb, and it means so much to someone who's podcasting. So I know that's not really what your question was, but I want to sneak in a plug for you because I think it's so important. As far as anything we didn't touch on, I mean, just the whole writing process is so fascinating. And fiction is such an interesting thing because we really do learn more about real life by, and it escapes me who said this, but as an author in the past who said, fiction is sort of how, fantasy is how we learn about reality. Because 
good fantasy isn't about stuff that you can't relate to. You have to be able to relate to the character. You have to be able to relate to their struggles, their triumphs, their happiness, their sadness. If you can't relate to it, then it's not readable. And the reason you relate to it is because it's demonstrating something from real life, just in a different setting. You know, you may have made up the story, but the concept of the story is something we can all get behind. So I just think fiction is such an amazing animal and creativity is like, it comes from a place that we don't understand. I mean, because we're creating something out of nothing and our whole civilization does it. You're creating memories and moments by talking to people like me and having people in the show that would not have existed. I mean, your questions, though some of them come from stuff that you and I may have exchanged in an email or something, still come from the creative part of you and the curious part that says, I think this is a good question for the audience. I think I'd like to know. And I just think it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And I just hope people understand that. Absolutely. And I hope people also understand to go to markbradford.org and check out everything <laughs> that Mark is up to. He's definitely an interesting person. So go pick up them books and check out that podcast. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible and Android listeners. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Thank you for joining us and hitting us with your expertise tonight, Mark. Oh, you're very welcome. And again, thank you for having me, too. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.